Pour a bowl of cereal and turn on the TV. I'm watching my cartoons, please don't bother me. I could grow up tomorrow, pay the bills and be responsible. But today it just doesn't feel possible. Let's talk about life and death and everything between. Things that keep you up at night and idiosyncrasy. Public matter etiquette and matches we can't see. Girls need to know where the nature of reality. Let's talk about life and death and everything between. Breakfast foods and bad times, the cartoons on the TV. Breakfast foods and bad times, cartoons on the TV. Hey, Brad. Hey. Thanks so much for being here, man. Oh, good. Are we recording? Yeah, yeah. We're oh, okay. Rolling. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, we just got done. I was just on your show right before this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, okay, so first off, you're a local stand-up comedian. Yes. I, I shouldn't say local. You but no, I am. We're in Indianapolis, so. But you do stand-up comedy everywhere. Yes. Um. And me. this year, actually, international. I did Whoa. two weeks in the Bahamas. Yeah, oh. yeah you did. <laughs> yeah, the Atlantis. Uh, it was, uh, horrible. Uh, horrible Why experience. Would that be horrible? You would no. You would think the Bahamas would be amazing, right? Because yeah. it is the Bahamas. You did go to Atlantis, yeah. Legendary lost city, of <laughs> magic and future alien technology. And I had to sign a bunch of waivers. I can't reveal yeah. anything. Um, but the reason it was bad, like, okay, so obviously being in the Bahamas was amazing, and waking up every day, seeing the beach was cool. Yeah. But the shows were horrible. Why? Like, the clubs poorly ran. They have a local MC who's this bohemian guy uh, named Naughty. and That's his name? That's what well, he goes That's what he goes. Probably. I'm, I'm just going to put this out here. <laughs> I suspect Naughty is perhaps a nickname. And uh, it, it should have... He should have just gone by Awful. Because <laughs> he did 25 to 30... Okay, so a standard comedy show. An MC will do 15 minutes. Maybe very light crowd work. Who has a celebrating anything? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The feature act, which is the second guy, does 30. Headliner does 45 to an hour. Right. This guy did 30 minutes up front every night and he would He's go the MC. yes and he okay. would go table to table doing very hacky internet joke crowd work mm. which is the worst thing as a comic because yeah. now the audience is invited into the show they when you're talking to this person over here this half of the room stops paying attention they get into that mode and he wasn't even doing like funny individual things it was the same jokes every night he'd be like hey where are you from and then they'd be like, Texas. And he'd be like, oh, Texas. I've been to Texas. What part? And then they'd name a town. He'd be like, oh, I know that place. You ever heard of Dallas? Like he would just name the biggest city and then do a hacky Texas joke. <laughs> He's like looking at his yeah. record. It's the biggest city in every state. It was so bad. And I had to follow it every night. He goes to the next table and they're also from Texas. He's like, uh, moving on. Okay, so question when the MC, oh, were you featuring or headlining? I was featuring. Okay, so when the MC does too much crowd work, does the audience expect more crowd work yeah, than the other well, comedians? Because come yeah, up? they think that's how the show is. It's participatory. Exactly. Yeah. And I am not a comedian that does a lot of crowd work. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Uh, as of right now, like as a feature act, you shouldn't do any. Yeah. yeah. Just because you shouldn't bring the crowd in. All oh, it's for the headliner. If the headliner wants to do crowd work, it's his show. And I'm working. I was working with a guy named Dave Landau, who is a brilliant uh, comic out of Detroit, and he's okay. been on Last Comic Standing live at Gotham. Yeah. And I know I work with him a ton. I know he hates crowd work right. perform. So he was just miserable to yeah, to the I point mean, where about we were there for two weeks. Probably about the eighth day, he was just like naughty. You gotta stop doing the crowd work. <laughs> and not, but Dave, that's my thing, man. Especially like, if he's... Uh, uh, it's, it's really not. <laughs> I hate to break it. It's a thing you do. Oh, the best, But it's really not your thing. The best part was there was this other kid who was a local... He was this uh, guy. He wasn't a bohemian, but he lived there. And he was, you know, a comic or whatever. He went up and did very little crowd work. Like, he ended up emceeing a few shows. Best shows we had all week was when he right. was going up. And uh, Naughty was following him one night. He let him him MC, and the kid did the thing of where'd you learn how to whisper a helicopter? It's like one of the most hackiest, okay. cliche MC jokes that that people do in comedy clubs. Okay. So Naughty takes him into the hallway. Harvey, shut up. And uh, says, uh, when "We start recording." Yeah, he decides it's time. <laughs> he smells that weed. Um, <laughs> but he takes him into the Naughty takes this MC into the hallway, and he goes. What are you doing, man? The helicopter. That's my bitch. Oh my oh. And Dave goes. He, he pulls out the book that he had over thousand and one jokes. He's like, see, it's my bit. It's 100 jokes of whispers. <laughs> I have whispers. Oh, it was so bad. But, I mean, again, it, so as a comedian, 
it was hard for me to enjoy the day because I knew every night yeah. at 8.30 I was going to hate my life for a half hour. See, and I remember on the show, on your show, when you came back from that, I didn't get that impression that you hated it that much. Uh, I was worried people might have listened. Because before we even get into what your show is, let's talk about how you fuck with your audience because this is relevant Oh, yeah. So... You have a co-host mm-hmm. who is a former Flannel Kicks guest, Brent Hune. If you've ever listened to that episode, Brent was already on our show. Awful episode. Brent, you guys were great. Mr. Turkey Terhune. Yeah. Mr. Turkey himself. You guys were great. <laughs> that, not their best episode. <laughs> um, we, we actually got a lot of emails about that. We don't like to read those out loud. <laughs> this is, okay, so this is more relevant than I even remember. Because it was that same day before Brent came over to our house... You guys recorded an episode where you got into a fight at the end of it, and you cut the episode <laughs> off with a fight. And then for like three weeks after that, Brent had a new co-host, and he was like, "Yeah, me and Brad had a falling out. He's not on the show anymore." Oh, people bought into that hard. I got messages. I fucking bought into it hard. I got <laughs> messages from people being like, "What's going on with you and Terhune? Like, what's you guys are such good friends. Why? How are you going to let something get?" And we're like, "Oh, we played off." Well, I barely knew you guys, so I didn't want to interfere too much. So I texted Brent. And I was like, "Hey, man, sorry about all that stuff. Like, I really hope the show continues. And I hope it, you know, I wanted the more of the show." And then he goes, "It's a fucking work." <laughs> and uh, I was so pissed, and I thought, like, I can't be more pissed at Brad and Brent for this. And <laughs> oh, I know it's coming. Boy, was I fucking yeah. wrong, because then. You guys tease for like a month straight that you have a huge announcement coming. Did it so perfectly because it was all in the subtlety at the beginning. Here's how I know it was perfect. I fucking bought every word of it. You already fooled me once, and I bought every word of it that for weeks you're teasing. You have a huge announcement. Then your announcement is in one week. We're going to have legendary pro wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin on our show. You had this whole like backstory well, about how... Via Skype, so that makes it more believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your backstory about how you got him was very believable. You're like, he's he's only willing to do it if he can promote his TV show. I bought every fucking word of it. Brent wrote a very long Facebook post about how as a child, Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin was his favorite wrestler and how he couldn't... Be, he had to pull his car off to the side of the road when he got the email saying he was going to come on the it, show. It's really long. That's how you know it's true. <laughs> well, 254 <laughs> likes and uh, I think around 20 shares of but, that post. Okay, but then... One uh, of those likes was mine and I read <laughs> I'm taking it back right yeah, yeah. As a wrestling fan, sorry, not as a wrestling fan, as a fellow podcaster, I was genuinely so excited for you guys. I know how hard work it is to get something like that. And I debated because I was so angry about you guys getting a great guest. I was like, should I text Brent and tell him, congrats, I'm happy. <laughs> I mulled it over for a few days and I ultimately decided, I texted Brent, I was like, hey dude, heard about your get, congratulations man. And he did this time. He didn't clue me in. No, and and I had to do that with like my co-host on the showdown, which is another podcast I do. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Corey, he did the same thing, and he still shit. You didn't film it. No, I was. <laughs> we played. We because we said that we were like, man, we might piss some of our friends off, but we're like, we're really gonna just sell this the whole time. <laughs> you sold time. it, and then obviously, if you haven't figured it out by now, the week came, and it was a Stone Cold Steve Austin soundboard. And I immediately, what was he like in person? <laughs> I immediately Very digital. Brent, yeah. And I was like, you motherfucker. I can't fucking believe I congratulated him. Oh, that, that was one of about 20 you motherfucker uh, <sighs> messages we got. And yeah, it's basically Brent just asking. And then you just hear it's And it's clearly there's there's like live crowds in the background. <laughs> him just going, what? What? Why am I gonna take a big old shit? And, then, and like my one, my one of my friends, I don't remember who was like, I knew it was fake. He's like, I believed you up until uh, I was waiting for the interview, and I noticed there was three minutes left in your podcast. That's how I fucking figured it out too. And yeah, we got a lot. That was our turned heel episode. That's when we turned heel as a show. You guys turned heel on me. A lot of people sure. were she, but check out WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now if that you we... enjoy being lied to and disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Listen to WrestleMania. Uh, we're actually very excited. We're doing a joint interview next week with Macho Man Randy Savage and Andre the Giant. So <laughs> tune in. For that, we're going to get their thoughts on the election. <laughs> so, uh, now that we've talked about how you alienate your audience, please set up WrestleMania for people. So, um, I, I like to think of it as if you're a sports... I know you're not, but I, Jack, are you a sports fan? Uh, I'm a game fan. Okay, well, I like if, the games. <laughs> if, if any of your listeners are sports fans, we like to think of ourselves like the Dan Lebitard show of wrestling. Okay. Um, we are just lifelong pro wrestling fans. Neither of us have ever been in a ring, taken yep. a bump. 
uh, wrote a storyline. We're just really big fans, but we're also comedians, so we know how to be entertaining yep. and funny. So we try to talk about things that aren't covered on your normal review podcast for people that know the business and try to go through storylines and stuff. We don't do as much of that. We just talk about the stuff we find funny week yep. to week. Uh, botched interviews mm-hmm. is a big one for us. Uh, the really ridic- the more ridiculous the storyline, the whole broken Matt Hardy thing has been a big yep. staple on our show. And yeah, it's it's if you don't if you don't watch wrestling, it can still be funny. But if you watch wrestling, that's that's who we need. Yeah, because you'll get what because we do we review Raw and SmackDown, but instead of doing it as we're 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 smart, we know about wrestling. We just go, hey, this is what was funny. Yeah, last like, hey, did you see Hulk Hogan told uh, <laughs> the uh, people on the in the court that he didn't have a ten inch penis? Said that on the stand <laughs> while wearing a black bandana and a black vest, like. That's the stuff we look that's for. His, that's his courtroom bandana. <laughs> it's the that's, one without the lightning yeah. on it. That Hogan thing is a thing that I've told the non-wrestling fans before. I'm like, there's a recording of Hulk Hogan saying, I don't have a 10-inch penis, and they don't believe me. <laughs> that was another thing we talked... Not, not only that, you could read, like, court transcripts. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, a stenographer, or whatever. <laughs> is, is, is that what, Yeah, I had to sit there. Yeah. yeah. Can read that back? <laughs> but Hogan says... I do not have a tiny penis, Well, we talked about earlier, like the Kalisto interview, who's a, a yeah, Hispanic that, wrestler. Make a good lucha. It's this awful interview. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, I text Terhune, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you have to go watch the network and see this awful interview. And we scoured the internet. No one else was talking about it. Right. We were shocked, and we felt like this is a get for us. Same thing with the whole Hogan Gawker trial. People talked about the outcome of the trial. Nobody talked about him saying he doesn't have a 10-inch penis in court. And then following it up by when they say, well, you were on Bubba the Love Sponge show, and you were talking about uh, how massive your penis was. He literally says on the stand, uh, we were talking about Hulk Hogan's yeah. penis. Hulk Hogan yeah. has a 10-inch penis. Ter- Terry Bollea does not have a 10-inch penis. Mine's not that size. And then the the, the best part is, is the attorney goes, puts on the fair enough. <laughs> Well, I, it's, it's like uh, Lionel's sword. He goes, oh, 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 his up. penis just grows every time. I I will have to drop in that Kaliso clip because I don't think people know that one. If you're not an outsider, it's so funny. Think. And that's that's the show though. We we try to find the funniest and most entertaining aspects of wrestling, and we try to talk about it in a humorous way. So if you watch wrestling and you like comedy, it's a good mix. Yeah, and I want to say as somebody who's not like, I mean, you're not like a. We're not like, this isn't a paid advertisement for your show or anything. I legitimately listen to your show every week. I think you guys are so funny. Thank you so much. Yeah. Today was my second time being on the show, and I laughed just as hard sitting there with you guys as I do when I sit at home listening to it. And it, with the, the show's with our guests. We've had uh, Stephen Dickey, who's actually the guy that filled in for me. He writes for WOW Women of Wrestling, uh-huh. which is part owned by uh, Jeannie Buss, uh, who's one of the owner of the Lakers. Um, and we've had uh, – you. you're sick. Your episodes have been some of our most fun to do. Because you, you you know the product really well, and yeah. you add like a good voice for the three of us. Yeah. And you keep up with, uh, there's no lulls or dead spots. Cool, man. So yeah, check out the previous episode. We do have the Think the Feed on iTunes that'll go back, I think, even to the first episode. Uh, but right. that was a really good one, and then this week should be out in the next day or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening, because our episode comes out on Oh, Saturday. that's right, yeah. So Saturday if you're listening morning. to this, the episode of WrestleMania with me on it is already out. And... Um, I mean, like I said, you guys are just really funny. I always enjoy listening to it. If you like our show and you're a wrestling fan, you're going to love WrestleMania. I, I tell you, it's it's really difficult with how bad Terhune is that I have. Like, the show is good <laughs> in spite of him. I do. I really do. I have to take Vicodin for my back from carrying this show. You're like the shining star. I really am, yeah. that podcast. And I can give you some uh, information about some, uh, uh, what is it, the, the time, time shares. Yeah. Um, really quickly, tell us about your other podcast. Mm. The Showdown Podcast, it's uh, available on all the platforms as well. Uh, basically, I have a friend named Corey Miller, who is an independent filmmaker who hasn't made a movie in over five years. <laughs> and uh, another co-host, Vic Miller, who is just a big gaming uh, and, and very uh, big fan of the geek culture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they each pick a movie. Uh, for certain episodes, they'll each pick a movie and argue which one is better. There's usually a unifying theme. Right, right. Uh, 80s movie, movie starring, uh, starring a rapper is the one we're getting ready to do. Okay. Um, cool as ice. Yeah, they, they chose Soul Plane and Friday. Friday, not a bad pick. But well, Friday is just a good movie. Neither of those are 80s movies. No, no, no. For movie starring a rapper. Oh, sorry. That was my what bad. About, would Kazam qualify? Ooh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, Have absolutely. You ever seen Cool as Ice. What about House Party? I've I've just seen or the House clip. Party too. <laughs> you could do House Party versus House Party too. Oh my oh, god, that would be a great one. I actually have a very uh, interesting story about a uh, kid from Kid and Play. <laughs> okay, so he, he does comedy. Uh, uh, a lot, of, a lot of for people, people like, for people listening home. Uh, Brad did air quotes yeah, when he said, like, does comedy. Basically, he goes to towns like Indianapolis. And, and he goes, hey, you from Texas? Does <laughs> <laughs> like, 30 yeah. minutes of crowd work up front. We're pretty weird. Like, no, you idiot. <laughs> 30, 30 minutes of geography-based crowd work. <laughs> but he, uh, the first time I worked with him was when I was like 20 and I just started doing comedy, and he was at Crackers and Broad Ripple, sold out every show. It was a really good show. Uh, Billy D. Washington was the other comic he brought in with him to kind of fill out the time. And Way Billy D. Washington, not Billy D. Williams, Uh-oh. not Cole 45. Uh, <laughs> Billy D. Washington, a Houston comic who's really funny. Um, the show was great. I went and hung out. Like, he took us all out. I got This is the first time I ever got to feel like I was, like, a celebrity or a superstar, which, as sad as that is in Indianapolis, whole red carpet right. treatment <laughs> for kid. From Kid and Play in 2003. <laughs> fast forward. Fast the prime forward of his to. Career. Yeah, exactly. Well, 2010 11, he comes back, and I just went to go do a guest spot on one of the shows. At the, it was at our downtown club, and we went out after that, just me and him, and we had a good time. You know, he's, he's, a re, he's one of the nicest people you can ever meet. He is right. really, really genuinely nice, but he gets really fucked up. <laughs> really fucked up. He got really fucked up that night to the point where I was like, all right, man, well, I'm going to go home. Uh, and he apparently was found just... Uh, Dead like, the next morning. No, <laughs> the owner had to go pick him up. He was in a corner of a bar. and Or no, he's on, he, was, he was on a corner of a building outside a bar and people were just coming up and taking pictures and like women were just coming up and kissing him. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, that's not the worst part of the story. <laughs> he tells me to come back out Saturday to uh, hang out. We'll go out after that show. So I, I was working at Best Buy at the time. So I left after my shift and I caught the second show. I go in as the person. He has about 10 minutes before he's going on stage. I walk back to where the green room is and he comes out of the green room just fucked up. Like he's just like <laughs> and I'm in my head I'm going how is this dude going to get on stage? Yeah. He gets on stage and his first three minutes are fine. It's like you could see the adrenaline rush hits and he's in like an autopilot mode. Yeah. Then he starts just rambling and repeating himself oh. and the audience starts getting mad and you start hearing people boo and people are going, can't handle your liquor, motherfucker. And uh, <laughs> that's why you need to go night night. And uh, it's it's getting bad to where he gets booed off stage and the manager oh. uh, of the club comes up to me. I'm just there to watch. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to the guy that was emceeing uh, named Jimmy Roberson. And she goes, all right, Jimmy, go up and motion for him. Like, put your hand towards him and see if he'll come off the stage. If he does, as soon as he gets off the stage, introduce Brad. (sighs) And Brad, you do like 20 minutes. You guys are like running a football play here. (laughs) Pretty much like an audible, yeah. And he goes up and the option works. He He comes off the stage. So Jimmy goes up and he's like, uh, all right, everybody. Uh, how about a hand for Christopher Kidd Reed? And people are still just booing. There's people leaving. It was a sold out show. Over 200 oh, people. Jesus. 50 of them were pretty much out the door into the lobby. Uh, there's about another 30 waiting in line to leave. And he goes, uh, but we do happen to have another guy. This random white guy. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's from here and, uh, he's going to come up and tell you guys some jokes. Uh, so we hope you stick around. And I'm walking on stage still hearing booze. Are they hostile? Very hostile. <laughs> and the only thing I could think of, and luckily it saved my ass, was the first thing I said was, hey guys, hey guys, look, I've never been a 90s rap icon. <laughs> so, uh, and that, that got about half of the people in the line to come back and sit down. The rest of the people sat there. I did the best 20 minutes I had yeah. at that time. And I actually walked off to a semi-standing ovation. Probably nice. 20, well, 30 were, people. The people who were already standing, standing to leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, it's, right, it's, over. Right. it's over. It's yeah. over. But uh, it was surreal. Like, And then I go into the green room after the set. He's laying on the couch, passed out. All the servers are taking pictures like they knocked him out. They're <laughs> straddling him. And all of a sudden, he just wakes up and he's like, ah! <laughs> And he he uh, he he goes he comes up and he goes B yo B, hey, B you saved the day you saved the day you saved the day B I owe you I owe you whatever whatever and I go just follow me on Twitter never did, That's all did. <laughs> then fast forward to last year okay. um, I was working the Linnell show Linnell the uh, the big black woman from Borat 
Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious and very, very nice and sweet. She was at Crackers and uh, Broad Ripple. I was hosting for. He happened to be in town for some other concert. He shows up to the club. And then as I'm standing there with Lunell, he comes up and introduces himself to me and says, nice to meet you. <laughs> well, I think it's reasonable to expect him not to remember. No, the that's fair. No, and that's the thing is because the, the, when when that incident happened, the guy that was emceeing when he, he took him to the airport the next day, he's like, "Dude, it was incredible." He goes, "This must happen all the time." Because he acted like nothing happened. He was like, "Hey, man, that was an awesome week." Uh, but here's B, some you money. saved the show. Yeah. Oh. Now, Brad, aren't you worried about tarnishing your comedy career by coming on our show and saying this story about comedy phenom kid from Kid? And kid? <laughs> no. Next week we're gonna have a kid on, and he's gonna defend himself. <laughs> no, look, he won't remember it. Yeah, he's not gonna know. Who you are. That would make for a great interview. We need you to talk about this controversy. <laughs> but Brad, Brad was just on our show, and uh, he's who? who? No, I was, well, no. He'd be like, "You mean when I was too drunk to be on stage? What are you talking about? Tulsa, <laughs> Memphis, St. Louis?" So is that like your worst time going into a crowd before? Have you ever gone into a crowd and been like? Worse than that? Uh, yes, but for different reasons. That I've gone in. I've gone up where it's it's a bar show and it's packed. And bar shows are notoriously some of the worst shows yeah, to do, yeah. just because you never know what you're getting and people are already extremely drunk. Right. And it's not like a comedy club where if somebody heckles you, you can destroy them because that's what the theme of everything is, and that's my job. At right. a bar, if I destroy Joe, who's the regular that spends 500 bucks a week every time he gets out of his factory job to come to this bar, he's way more valuable to that establishment than I am. Yeah. So you have to be very careful. And I've gone up where it's just nobody's listening. People are just already yelling, you suck, before you even grab the microphone. Yeah. And just... Ass, drunk assholes. How long have you been doing comedy? Um, about 13 years. Do you feel like you know how to turn a crowd now if they're like against you or yeah, not you listening? Yeah, you just tell them that you're not a 90s rapper. Yeah, no matter the situation. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he already covered this. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's my one move. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at, at this point, I don't really bomb anymore. I mean, I have bad sets. Right. But right. it's never bomb. I mean, just... If it's bombing, it's usually not my fault. It's something yeah. beyond my control. Has anything ever been thrown at you? No, but I did have a guy like charge up at the stage at me once. Whoa. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good review. Like, if you'd be like, put that on your posters. Be like, Brad, never <laughs> had anything thrown at you. <laughs> <laughs> I might check this guy out. <laughs> oh, I did have a guy uh, threaten me one time after a show. It wasn't during. Um, I did. A, I used to do a joke, really old joke, and it's really dumb, about how uh, I spent. I did a New Year's Eve show in Vincennes, Indiana, okay. and I was like, you know, it was Vincennes, Indiana. So at midnight, we all watched the eight ball drop, and <laughs> that like he just came up to me afterwards, this big country guy, and he just goes, I don't like what you said about Southern Indiana. Oh my god! And I go, well, I actually went to Vincennes. It's just a joke. I love that area, you know. And he goes, uh, yeah, I don't like what you said. And I. I got a shotgun in my truck. Oh, he goes, I'll be shit. downstairs. And so they sent one of the servers oh, out. Wait, okay, when you're threatening someone to come outside with you... Yeah, you don't want to tell them that you have the gun, right? Yeah, yeah like, who's going to come to a gun <laughs> Like, hey, let's take this outside, where I have my deadly weapons. <laughs> well, because I... And I Look at me. I can't even bring a knife to a gunfight, you know? <laughs> I'm just bringing fists, and that's not good for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the servers went downstairs, and he, he had a truck parked right downtown Meridian Street in Indianapolis at the old Crackers location. Holy shit. And there was a shotgun. Now, he didn't have it in his hand or anything, but it was in his, like, like the hunters have. Yeah. That's, that's what you want to do in downtown Indianapolis is leave your weapons up in your car window out on the street at night. On display, of yeah. course. I mean, now it's fine, but <laughs> 2005, yeah, it's a different time. That's messed up, man. Um, what's, like, the coolest thing you've gotten to do in your comedy career? Uh, I got very lucky early on. I got to start hosting at Crackers very soon because the Funny Bone opened and a lot of their regulars kind of jumped ship. So right. I got to work with a lot of really cool people but who are really super famous now. I got to do like my week of hosting. Daniel Tosh uh, was super nice and a fun week and I became like a lifelong fan because I'd never heard of him yeah. before that week. And it was the weekend that his half hour premiered so they did a big champagne toast which was really cool. So he's not like that character. No, not to me. I don't know how he... I've heard people now say he's an asshole. When I worked... The week I worked with him, he was 
as nice as could be. He knew I was very new and was very willing to give me advice and talk to me and stuff like that. So I had no bad experience. Jim Gaffigan was another guy who was just super nice. Uh, I smoked a joint. You with smoked him. a joint with yeah. Jim Gaffigan? That's amazing. This is again before he was like famous at all. This was like when Whoa. he was his habit. It was basically. Wait, so was this when he was still like an Indiana comic? No, 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 no. He was beyond that. He was living in New York. Okay. It's when his half hour premiered. That kind of gave him the cult following with uh-huh. the uh, the manatee, uh, hot the, pockets. Uh, the hot so pockets. do a show with you, get a half hour comedy special. Exactly. That seems yeah. to be the trend. Yeah. I'm like, uh, good luck, Chuck, but yeah. actually funny. You never. never. <laughs> uh, always a bridesmaid. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can't even get on fucking Bob and Tom, so. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so can I say your fucking co-host works at Bob and Tom? No, I know, right? No, and, and everyone on the goddamn show has come up to me and like, we've had you on the show, right? And I'm like, no, never. Every, every time they pitch it, Brent's like, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think we want that. Well, I, <laughs> I tried putting it a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt like Chick's the worst, because uh, I've hung out with Chick many times uh-huh. on, in different uh, areas, and we get along really well. He barely remembers me every time, but every time we talk, I crack him up, and we ha- we have a lot in common. And then he gets really drunk. And then yeah, and then you know, and I have to go on the, the show and say I'm not a '90s rap icon. Yeah. But he every time I see him, he goes, "Oh, we've had you on the show, right?" And I go, "No, chick, you haven't." And he goes, "We're gonna have to get you on the show." And I fell for that the first time, and then it never. Ha- like I told family, I'm like, "Oh, this is it. Foots in the door, Bennett. Never happened." <laughs> Uh, Well, now you know how it feels for all those people who were excited to hear your Stone Cold interview. (laughs) It's karma. Well, um, one of them's going away, right? Oh, well, Bob's gone. It's already happened. So it's just the Tom show. Is it a big deal? No, they still call it the Bob and Tom show. (laughs) Is it a big deal to be on the Tom show still, or is it Uh, gone away? For me, it is personally. Just because I grew up in Indiana, it's a staple. I grew up listening to that show all the time. Oh, yeah, and I did too in high school and everything. I used to have a collection of cassettes where we would, like, tape our favorite bits and stuff. I'm really good friends with Donnie Baker. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Still can't get on the damn show. I don't know what it is, but at this point now, though, it's almost become funnier for me to talk about the fact that I'm never on, I've never yeah. been on that show. Like, when Bob did leave, I started a uh, Brad and Tom campaign. I, I was going to say, you put in your application. Like, well, I did a video on Instagram of me reacting to Tom going, ha, 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 Tom, you're hilarious. <laughs> and then on the Crackers, you have you been to the Crackers in Broad Ripple? That's the one I've been to. I haven't been to the other. You know the painting in the, the hallway there of, like, all the old comics and stuff? Yes, I do. Bob and Tom are on the green room door. So I just put my face in front of Bob's <laughs> and sent them a picture of it, and uh, yeah, it still hasn't made any headway. But it's, Maybe yeah, for we can me, start with... a petition or something with flannel cakes listeners to get you on. Yeah, we yeah. can get you like five, six signatures. <laughs> Christy Lee played with my daughter's hair at uh, PopCon. You, I mean, like you were so so I'm close. So, but honestly, again, it's, I think it's almost funnier that I'm not at this right. point because it's I, I, I and honestly, You're I'm not like the uh, Susan Lucci of Bob and Tom. Oh god! And someday, someday, many years from now, you'll have a tearful acceptance. I like you could have gone with Leonardo DiCaprio in that instance nope. as well, Susan but Lucci. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> She's a soap opera lady who she... like got the snub for decades. Okay, got it. Okay. She wasn't the one you liked me. You really liked me, was she? No. Oh no, that was. I think that was uh, Connie. Connie Chung, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what she's known. For. Isn't that who it is? Yeah. Um, okay, so we're about halfway through the show. Should we transition to cartoons? Yeah. Brad, tell us how you landed on Thundercats. It was probably my favorite cartoon as a kid. Why did you love it so much? I don't honestly know. Probably the toys. Yeah, it's probably hard to explain after watching it why it would be your favorite. <laughs> well, I just remember as a kid, I was obsessed with the toys. I had all of them. I, the, th- the theme song, too. When oh, you're a was, kid... It was a good theme song. That's a catchy-ass theme. I think it's maybe one of the... That or The Simpsons. It was kind of rocking. It was a little bit longer than most of these. It was almost like a minute and a half, I think. It was at least a full minute. I bet it was a minute. But, it, you know... They didn't say street sharks enough times. In my <laughs> did, did you grow up a nerd, or were you into like sports and rap and stuff like both? That? I mean, I, I I was into pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, very nerdy. But like Thundercats wasn't cool in the eighties. Well, right? but when you're a three year old, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really show. worried about my image. Right. At right. six. Okay. Uh, I probably should have been. Having all those Thundercats toys probably made you more popular. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because I had I had the layer, the big 
uh, like panther looking layer thing where the claws opened up uh-huh. and then you put the car inside. I had all that shit. Oh, we got to find a picture of that toy and post it. I bet that's awesome. Oh, you could like, I, I remember, I remember that Christmas getting all of that. Like I can still vividly remember seeing cause my mom had it all, you know, set up under the tree Dude, and everything you really else. did love Thundercats. Those, Holy shit. Those were the days when a parent could make their entire like shopping list for Christmas based on the one cartoon you oh, really yeah. loved. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now there's like eight million and no kid can settle on the one. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, and every fucking kid wants an iPad that costs four hundred dollars. Okay, so Jack, you already kind of said you didn't like this. I mean, I didn't hate it. It was just, it was very dated. Maybe it was just that my expectations were low, but I really liked it a lot. I thought it was an awesome episode. The animation, the music, the sound effects—I thought it was all really great. It it was a decent show. There's just so many like weird things about it that didn't quite make sense. Like. We talked about the opening shots. They're all naked, but not naked. You can't tell yeah, where. Let's, okay, let's get into their clothes. Where their clothes are. Okay, so the whole cast of characters has something slightly off about they, their clothing. They just randomly draw like a line somewhere, like on the arm or the leg, and you're like, "Is that clothes?" Or yeah, that? and then they put a belt on them. Yeah. Like, okay, so let's discuss Chitara first because this is where we first noticed it. it she ab- just walks in nude and she's she has bosoms because she she's has a lady. Big bosoms, not Ra- six of them, round, like a cat. Round, perky bosoms, like no like nips, an Earth woman, no nips whatsoever. Nothing like peeking through what might be a bodysuit. No, and, then, and no, no ring around the neck or the arms to indicate sleeves or a head hole. Yeah, but then she has a belt. Yeah, seemingly just over her cat body, <laughs> and then this is where we really were like, what's going on? At her legs, she has, like, what you would call a panty line. Mm-hmm. So it's like... But from behind, there was no top line. So it just looked like you were looking at her from behind. Well, and it's the same exact complexion as her yeah. fur. Yes. And also, you didn't even have, like, some of the little cheetah dots and stuff. So she's either wearing cheetah print underwear... That looks exactly that like looks her body. That looks exactly like her body. That or she like, just has no genitalia <laughs> to speak of whatsoever. It would be like if a human being wore underwear that just had, like, their flesh tone with, like, a penis printed <laughs> on the front of it, you know? Yeah. Like, well, then... Okay, so... I'm not naked. How, how awkward would it be to walk in on someone wearing those underwear? Like, they're totally covered, but also, it looks like they're not covered at all. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so then, Panthro is the other one I want to bring up, because... He also has the no lines at the top yeah. and the panty line and the belt. But what I thought was weird, you pointed his this out, Jack. His fur markings dip below the belt line. Yeah, his fur is the same on both sides of the belt, which would indicate that he's just not wearing pants. <laughs> he's just wearing a belt. And he has no penis. Maybe they just all wear belts and garters. Like, right. that's, that's what's happening. And if you're, if you're thinking, hey, this sounds pretty fucked up, Five minutes into the show, they all just magically get clothes. Like, like you know, I don't know how to describe it. What? Uh, I can't. I, I never. I never get his name right. The the leader. Jaga. Jaga. Yeah. He just is all of a sudden just like, oh yeah, here's some clothes and Magic some weapons. Clothes. Yeah. Magic clothes. They just appear yeah. on them. So it's like, were they wearing? Were they just naked until now? Yeah. Or like, how did we get to this point? He said like they didn't need clothes to protect them on their home world, but where they're going, they might. So here's this weird magic clock that he just throws in the air and then it wraps them <laughs> up and turns into clothes. I don't know, man. When I saw Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat and how old Lionel was on the ship, I kept yeah. waiting for Chris Hansen to pop out of that spaceship at <laughs> yeah. any point in time <laughs> to be like, listen, Jaga, let's have a seat. Uh- <laughs> the, the weirdest part is Snarf. I don't understand. It's like he's a pet slash slave slash nanny. <laughs> but he's like... He's like, is he a pet? He's fully sentient, and and he speaks and has to talk, but he also is the only one of them that walks on all fours (laughs) and, like, sleeps curled up at the end of the bed. He speaks in third person also. Yeah. What the fuck is he? And, like, he's sort of Cheshire cat-like, where the rest of them are, like, anthropomorphic. But, yeah, he looks like a weird dragon armadillo cat. Yeah. And he's he's at, like, OCD. (laughs) Well, okay, so then... You already mentioned Jaga. That's the one that bothered me the most because Jack made the argument that Jaga is a cat person. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as any of them, he doesn't appear to be cat-like to no, me I at all. He, he doesn't look cat-like at all, but just you have to expect he has to be a cat. They're all entirely humanoid with no cat characteristics except like some coloration, and presumably they're furry, even though you can't really tell. Okay, so 
in in the vein of pro wrestling, am I supposed to just suspend my disbelief and go, well, all of these are cats, therefore this is also a cat? Yeah. He looks like an old man. He, he does. Like- he does look like just an old man. But he also had the helmet thing on. He had very tall, pointy ears. Yeah, as I say, if the if he if the if they could see the ears maybe through the helmet, it might have been better. What would you say is the most defining characteristic of a cat? Assholishness. <laughs> a- a- he doesn't have a tail. Isn't that a little bit weird? Does well, have do a you tail? know? Now that none of them had a tail, did yeah. they? I don't think yeah, any don't of think them have tails. Had a tail. And well, except for. Uh, Snarf, yeah. which we already brought up, is weird from the others. Yeah, so it, yeah, so the the one that looks the least just, like a cat has yeah. a tail. Yeah, that's very. What very is strange. he? He's not one of them. They're not of the same species. He's like a lower class slave race that they brought along <laughs> on their ship. They also never explain what happened to the planet. It just blows up. Yeah, actually, I read like, the episode description and it just says their planet is destroyed. Yeah, he's just like, hey, uh, you. Kid, wake up. Um, we need to come out here and look out this window. That's our planet exploding. It's dead. No one that you knew there. It's all gone. We can never go home. Just us. Anyway. You're now uh, also the leader, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and uh, while we're at it, here's a magic sword. It'll make you turn grown up. What did you think Tiger was thinking? Was what the fuck, dude? Yeah, like, dude, I'm fucking 25, and in the prime of my life, you're gonna have a 12 year old no, latest? It's, it's like Shakespearean, where the, there's like the boy who should be king, and he like <laughs> the like hunched over old advisor in the corner is like, this should be my throne. <laughs> but for some reason, he's just like, all right, I guess you're the leader now. I'll just do whatever you say, even though you're like a 10 year old boy. Well, speaking of their powers, then the mut the mutants come on board and yeah, start fighting and them. Who are they and where are they from? Uh, fucking, uh, one of them has a, a mace, a ball with <laughs> spikes on it, and he slams it at Panthro and he just stops it with his bare hand. <laughs> it's a ball covered in spikes. And, like, that's pretty badass. Why can't he be the leader of the Thundercats? Well, come just, on. We know why. He did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he was the, uh, Panthro, yeah. the black cat who happened to talk like, hey, Lionel, let me teach yeah. you some stuff about that mm-hmm. sort of omens. <laughs> They're holding down Panthro. <laughs> black I, this is Trump's matter. America. He doesn't make any decisions. Yeah. He, black cat lives matter. Oh. <laughs> All well, cat they, lives matter. Well, they have nine apiece. <laughs> All nine of them. Um, okay. Seven of black cat lives matter. So, Thundera is destroyed. The mutants come aboard the ship, they fight off the mutants, and then Jaga says, I'm going to take you to this planet called Third Earth, which I wonder... I don't I don't know if he called it that, they're just like, here's a planet, it's third from the sun, and also, like, <laughs> they're like, it's Earth, but we're not going to call it Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, then, this is a part we got to get into, this is weird. There's a some sort of debate about how much they'll age when they enter the orbit well, no, of there, Third there's Earth. there's no debate. Jaga makes it very clear. There will be some aging. That's how much. You're going to have some. <laughs> and so, it, 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 he'll die if he goes in. He's already so elderly that if he ages a little bit, he won't survive. So what he d- opts to do instead is to age a lot voluntarily. I don't... Yeah, everyone's don't in a pod that makes them age a little bit, and Jaga pilots the ship uh, and ages too much, and then, of course, does what we all do when we die of old age... Yeah. He just turns he, to dust. He became one with the force. He just, <laughs> dust his, in the wind. His cloak just went, and that was it. <laughs> you guys know what happens to cats when they yeah. die. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so then he does like a, as Brad said, a sully landing on the planet. What well, do you think? That, pretty rocky. And do you think when like they got like when Tigra and all them got out of their pods, they're like, oh shit, he wouldn't have aged at all. Yeah, he would have totally lived. <laughs> yeah. I aged fifteen minutes. Yeah, all of them they get out like. Lionel is the first to wake up with him and Snarf, and Snarf seems to be completely unchanged. However, Lionel has aged about 15 to 20 years. Yeah. He's a, become gigantic and muscular somehow while in suspended animation. He's got hair where there wasn't hair there exactly. before. <laughs> and then every other character that comes out is exactly the same as when right. they went. There was no aging. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how they age. Do they age like cats? And maybe Lionel just hadn't quite reached puberty and he passed that cusp while he was in there and so he grew rapidly and that's why like like do they only live to you be mean like his body aged but he didn't mature yeah like do they only age like do the thundercats live about 15 years you know like do they have 
cat years versus people years. Yeah. I don't know. It made, the whole thing made me think of Interstellar. You know that scene where um, they go to that that one planet and they have to like get back on the ship quickly because they're yeah. aging like a ton? Yeah. Oh, they, they get back on the ship and the one guy aged like 50 years or something like that while they were on the planet. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh, okay. It's, it's about light speed travel. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, then they get to Third Earth. The mutants are there again. Yeah, and they also just got there, like, like they spent their entire past, like, 15 years. It would have been more than 15 years, because they still aged some, but not as rapidly. So let's say it took them 100 years to reach this planet in suspended animation. Was that all the mutants were doing, too? Like, And who piloted their ship and took one for the team? Did they have some a, old guy. a Jaga mutant? Yeah, so some old lizard. Well, actually, that was the one thing I did notice about the pilot that I had forgotten... Because uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. We don't get Mumra in the pilot. What is Mumra? Yeah, I, oh, I wanted to... What is Mumra? He, the, Mumra is the the villain, but I was like, you know, obviously, what are a cat's natural enemies? And Mummies. Top of the list. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Mummies, laser pointers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, then, and then dogs, and then like other cats. And then Mondays. Yeah. Oh, this obviously. <laughs> this character was in the uh, opening title sequence. Yeah. The giant mummy. <laughs> yeah, okay. and Mummer was a great, like, cartoon character. Like, when you were a kid, he was a scary ass. For, like, a Saturday morning cartoon, he was a. Because he had, like, the whole transformation laughed, like, thing. <laughs> yeah, very sinister laugh. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of, like, I fighting... I mummies were, like, really friendly with cats. The Egyptians were, like, <laughs> yeah, super totally. into cats. That's what I would think, too. <laughs> they wanted to be buried with them. The whole concept of, like, fighting anthropomorphic cats from another planet, and then they fight a mummy... Unlike with... anything we've ever seen. Yeah. I was like, this all sounds very Japanese to me. I was very shocked when I realized it's an American cartoon. It's, it's almost the exact same plot as the Mighty Ducks. Uh, Except they are cats instead of ducks. Well, long-time listeners of the show that the mighty know that the mighty ducks just stole their plot from Biker Mice from Mars, who just stole it from Thundercats. <laughs> yeah. So um, holy shit, I completely forgot about the Mighty Ducks cartoon. I just thought that you were talking about the Emilio Estevez. No, Mighty we, Ducks. That one. We yeah. Got some, the Mighty Ducks. We get some sweet toys from the Mighty Ducks cartoon. That's a good one. You should check it out. Um, okay, so. At the end, um, Lionel is now the leader of the group. He's powerful. He's realized his potential. Wait, one, one last thing about Lionel and his aging. The two other children in the ship, when they went into their pods, they came out exactly the same yes. also. They're still kids. I think that they are in the same way that Snarf is a different species. I think that they are really? like a childlike different species. Okay. That's my take. The one thing I did notice is when he when they're on the ship fighting the mutants and he gets the sword, he ages a little bit there. Yeah, he it makes him big and strong. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so his maybe, exposure to this like magical or radioactive sword somehow influenced his aging. Yeah. I have a question about the sword. The sword he gets on Third Earth, is that the exact same sword that Jaga yeah. gives him on the ship? Yeah. Okay, so if we're to believe that those are the same sword, when Lionel is a little boy, he touches this sword, and it's easily a foot taller than him. Mm -hmm. From hilt to the blade, yeah. it's like, he's like four feet tall, the sword is like five feet tall. Then, when adult Lionel is holding it, it looks like a child's toy. Well, no, and that's weird. I don't know why it wasn't that way the first time, but that's how it always is, is in every other episode. It's almost like a knife. Until it's like he a does, long knife. And, yeah, until he yeah. does the, the sight of, you know, uh, sight beyond sight. Right. So well, it grows. Yes. Where it, where it was when he first got it, maybe somebody had been like, thunder, thunder, thunder. And, and then uh, they set it down. <laughs> so all got, he had to yeah, do was they, say ho? Yeah, they got distracted <laughs> and uh, it was still big. <laughs> okay, so he's seeing the big version on the ship. And then on Third Earth, we're seeing him fight with the small version? Well, he gets the small version and then it grows. Because, like, when he does the thunder, when he does the first one, you can see the animation. It kind of... It's, right. it's like one of those uh, police batons. Tell yeah. me if I'm wrong, though. But it seems to me that on Third Earth, when the sword grows, it's still, like, by sword standards, still pretty small looking. And if that's the case, then are we to believe that when Lionel grew up, he grew to be, like, 12 to 15 feet tall? <laughs> He's, like, twice the size. He's really huge. But, like... 
That's... He didn't just grow up, he grew gigantic. Imagine a sword that is slightly taller than a little boy. Now imagine a man holding that same sword and it looks like a child's toy. Like, that man is gigantic. That's like an Andre the Giant type man. Am I wrong? No, I, I agree. It's all about perspective here, people. The perspective of the Thundercats <laughs> is really <laughs> fucked up. Um, why did I write uh, mutants? Uh, the mutants were like the island of Dr. Moreau yeah, characters. Yeah, I, I didn't understand what were they mutated from. Were they formerly Thundercats who got mutated? Or did they call them mutants when in fact they're really just aliens <laughs> from another planet? <laughs> Um, yeah, like they yell that, oh, it's the mutants. Hey, fuck y'all. We call you mutants where we're yeah, from. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking cats. Racist cats? What the fuck? What kind of planet doesn't <laughs> just have lizards and baboons living together? Yeah, they were they were actually breaking onto the ship to steal back Snarf and rescue him. Like, we're going to liberate you from the oppressors. Well, clearly, whatever planet the mutants are from, they believe in equality among all species, whereas the Thundercats are like, cats only, bro. No, That's- on the mutant planet, they believe in a hierarchy of mummies above all else. And then the, the mummies use the other classes as, as their pawns. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about the theme song being great. Uh, I also wrote that... there. I read online that this has like a very limited amount of voice actors in the whole show, and the first season only has six voice actors in the whole season. There, it was probably five guys and one girl. Well, they pointed out that the guy who played Panthro had such a unique voice that, like... Oh, yeah. Unique voice. Yeah. Like, you know, the script says there's a black character coming up. They're like, hey, Panthro. Yeah, you know those guys with unique voices who also run fast and yeah. jump high. Those unique voice guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I wrote about the show. Is there anything else about it that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, the transformation thing. When like, they came from the other planet. No, when any time he has to use the sword, it's essentially useless and doing absolutely nothing as that tiny little knife. And then he has to go thunder, thunder, <laughs> thunder, cats! Oh, and then there's and then it like projects the giant logo, which is one of the coolest cartoon logos. But yeah, way. yeah, of course. But then it projects the giant logo, and then somehow that like empowers all of the thunder cats to like wake up and be tough and do stuff. Yeah, and. It's that same thing that happens in so many shows for kids where there's, like, this period where they should be extremely vulnerable, but no one ever attacks them during that. <laughs> like, when he's just standing and going, thunder, they're like, what's happening? It seems like it could be dangerous to us. It's like in Power Rangers. There's always the part, like... I'm, where they're like, yeah, holding Rita, up their belt buckles. Yeah, Rita has sent a, a killer monster down to Angel Grove who could wreck the world onto five seemingly useless yeah. teenagers and then these five kids come out and they're like oh no uh give us like three minutes to <laughs> our belt buckles and hold them in front of this while we shout things and then you know uh we'll each say what we want to do and then we'll all come out with our uniforms and then after that we have to go to the garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, when your monster turns giant, then we'll have to, you know, do. We'll have to call our our monster uh, dinosaur robots that we ride in, and they'll come over here, and then we'll get in those. But, but and then after that, but you have to wait for them to show up, or else it's not fair. Like, it should be. She turns the monster giant, and then it just goes like. <laughs> and then they're all dead. That's, that's it. Even after they get their zords, they still have to form the zords well, into. Well, no, a... then they have to fight a little bit and go. Oh no, we're not tough enough. How could we ever have predicted that we might need to form into the thing that we do every time? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, and then they have to turn into that. Yeah. And then when they do that, then there's the moment where the megazord also has to draw out its giant sword, oh, which always delivers. I the remember. Stroke. The sword takes fucking forever to come into play. it's the same footage every time. That sword takes, like, a legitimate two minutes to come to the giant next sword. Yeah, and in that time, the the monsters are always like, 
I mean, I guess it would be rude if I, like, just <laughs> right now. I'll, just, I'll just wait. This will probably be fine. But you nailed it, Jack, by saying that they are incredulous about what move they're going to do. Yeah. Because Tommy would be like, guys, we got one play in the playbook, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. We go on stage, we hold a hand out, the monster comes off stage, we go on stage and say, look, yeah. this is a new mecha robot yeah. that's coming up. They, they never once, like just turned into the Power Rangers, got their cool helmets and their colorful suits, and just beat up the monster, and that was the end of it. Right. It's always the same series of steps. And as the series went on, they just, like, sometimes added more steps onto the end. That's Sorry it. to keep this Power Rangers thing yeah. going. <laughs> Remember when you came over to watch Power Rangers? Another <laughs> thing that gets me is that why do they even need to put on the suits? Because when it's just putties, they kick the shit out of them in their street clothes. Every time. Why even bother with the fucking suit? I don't know, because sometimes the monster is an armadillo, and you have to put a suit on when you fight an armadillo because you don't want to get leprosy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Brad, anything else about Thundercats? Um, I did notice this. I, I watched in one aspect the way I watched Billy Madison. Okay. As an adult. Where's this going? Okay, hear me out. So, as a kid... I loved Billy Madison, Mm -hmm. and I loved the character Billy Madison, because it came out, I think, when I was in, like, sixth grade. Yeah, that was a huge movie. Right. Right. And I loved that character. Like, I thought he was the best and the coolest. Right. Then when I watched it as an adult, I was like, oh, Billy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with Eric. Why the fuck isn't he taking over? This is a hotel empire, and you're, not only that, you're going to go back to school, but he only has to do two weeks? At each grade? Yeah. Like, that's how you're competing for your... I'm on Eric's side as an adult. I, I do like that they acknowledge in the movie that they're aware it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And the game show at the end is a good, like... Alright, hear me out here. We're just gonna end this with a weird game show kind of thing. <laughs> and they're like, alright. And somebody's gonna, you know, yeah. Steve Buscemi's gonna shoot somebody. Yeah. But it's one of those things as an adult you watch and you feel differently. Same thing with, like, the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, uh, Miss Elizabeth... Love Triangle. As okay. a kid, you're just cheering for Hulk because that's what you're programmed to do. Okay. But as an adult, I'm like, yeah, fucking Randy Savage has every right to be upset. That's you're his picking up wife. his woman. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you, Hulk? With your 10 inch penis. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt the same way about Tiger. As yeah, a now, kid, now loved like, Lionel. He should be in charge. Fuck yeah, he should be. And there was, I felt like there was a, an almost romantic moment between them at the beginning. You know, he holds her. And, and there's like a we gotta be brave and, and do this everything's gonna be okay and then I guess later on they're like oh Lionel hit puberty so now he's I'm, I'm gonna go with him he's the mm-hmm. cool one he has the sword did you guys notice the post credit scene where after Lionel and Tigra team up Lionel gets his first half hour comedy special yeah <laughs> you, you're the Tigra of comedy you're like I should get to hold the Bob and Tom sword. Does that mean that all the all the cats want to have sex with Brad? <laughs> and also all the weird uh, old men watching. I feel like this show like paved the way for furries. Because <laughs> it's like, look at this hot, sexy cat woman. <laughs> She's topless. Um, Brad, do you? Okay, I have to go back to this Adam Sandler thing. Do you feel like the Adam Sandler '90s movies hold up? I think some do. But I also watch with a lot of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Happy Gilmore will hold up as just a comedy. I think Billy Madison's still great. (sighs) Billy Madison holds up only because it's a ridiculous ridiculous movie that knows it's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, to me, Happy Gilmore's a better movie. Like, looking back on it now. I think it's better, too. Yeah. I I haven't watched The Waterboy in a while. What about Big Daddy? Oh, I think Big Daddy holds up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a single like a, parent. That's like a yeah, movie exactly, that your exactly. folks could watch, you know? Yeah. Except yeah. for that bastard didn't realize how lucky he was to be able to get rid of the kid without guilt. I, w- I would <laughs> love to, like, see what the writing room was for the 90s Adam Sandler movies versus now. Oh, wait, do they, do they write them anymore? Yeah. I kind of thought he just calls up Kevin Spade and Chris Rock and is like, hey, we're going to Hawaii yeah. Uh, we have to make a movie I can write, while we're there. Yeah, we can write off this vacation <laughs> as a tax deduction if we make a movie. No, and you know what? And I am one of those people. I do not hate on Adam Sandler. I, I say I, everybody that bitches and complains about that. I'm like, oh, you wouldn't take twenty million to go to paradise with your friends and oh, make yeah. a movie while you're there. Like, 
Can't blame them. They could pay me like ten thousand dollars to hang out with Kevin <laughs> James. I would do that. <laughs> uh, oh, we got to talk about cereal. We're running out of time. Uh, Chocolate Cheerios. Yeah, great pick. Why'd you come to that? Uh, discovered them a few months ago. Uh, they're heart smart. Oh, are they? Uh, I, my heart felt so much better after eating them. I do. Smarter. I think Cheerios may be, as far as like, if you look at all of the different varieties, I think Cheerios may be one of the strongest cereals Rock out solid. there. And they only produce winners. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a, a Cheerio branch that went south? Mm-mm. It's always great. They, and they, you Multigrain know, Cheerios, Team Cheerios, Frosted Cheerios, yeah. Chocolate Cheerios, Apple Cinnamon, The Killer, Honey Nut Cheerios. For fuck's sake, they can't lose. Frosted <laughs> Cheerios was on the shelf. I almost did like an audible in the store. Jack just listed I, off the Mount Rushmore yeah. Cheerios. <laughs> I, no, I have to say, I, I left one out. The most important Cheerio, Peanut Butter Cheerios. What I do... You son of a bitch, such a thing does not exist. It does. Well, I I hope they still make them. But I used to go to the store and buy a box of chocolate Cheerios, a box of peanut butter Cheerios, and just... Reese's peanut butter Cheerios. Did the bowl light up when you... (laughs) (laughs) There was a small explosion. It was just like the room went dark and then it was just glowing and emanating brilliance. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I really like uh, chocolate Cheerios. Like you guys said, they're all winners. They all... Never had a bad Cheerio. No, I don't think I've either. It's great stuff. If you've ever had a bad Cheerio, write us and tell us what your bad Cheerio experience was because I I, I don't think we're gonna get one. You know what the closest you'll get is somebody will be like, uh, "Well, I had a bowl one time and there was a piece of glass in it." <laughs> well, you know what? That glass just glass to be glass to Cheerios Cheerio. is still fire. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerios is also like the first food anyone eats. It's like your first <laughs> solid food is Cheerios. Yeah. yeah I'll they, take glass Cheerios over Lucky Charms. Did you give day. that to your oh, daughter yeah. when she was a baby? Did you give her Cheerios? Glass Cheerios? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just I kept her on a good steady diet of just whiskey and red meat. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a little hair on her chest. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's start wrapping up. Um, plug both of your podcasts again. WrestleMania, it's... WrestleMania, but with an A instead of an E. Yeah, WrestleMania. Because we talk about wrestling. Because we talk about wrestling, yeah. And as I was telling Jack before you came, you guys have a great social media presence because people sometimes accidentally tag you. Oh, no. Every WrestleMania season, we get about 14 new Arabic fans who think that, and we get tagged in all types of posts like, uh, excited for Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, it's WrestleMania. (laughs) We're like, we didn't even know they they were coming on the show. How about that? Yeah. But that show's available everywhere. Pretty, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Podomatic, and it comes or, out on Wednesdays. Usually Wednesdays, schedule permitting with our, you know, with us traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we try to, yeah, we try to usually get it done on you, Wednesdays. Hey, you guys have a big show coming up soon, right? Uh, with Adam Ferrara. Oh, that this weekend. Oh, who gets the comedy? Do yeah. do the showdown first. Uh, the showdown. Uh, it's iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, um, at the Showdown Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And yeah, the nice thing about the showdown is it's not niche. Obviously, if you, most people like movies or can find a movie that they like, and we've done a ton of different options. Yeah. Uh, I personally think the Survivor Series episodes where we look at an older movie and see if it holds up are the better ones. Okay. Um, but yeah, check out uh, the Showdown podcast. And then, as Jack just said, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out tonight, you're open. you and Brent both are opening for Adam Ferrara. Yep. We'll be at the Crackers Comedy downtown location. Uh, 207 Delaware Street. Yeah. And I believe the shows are 7 and 9.15. And you can go to crackerscomedy.com for tickets. And then, like, if people just, like, if they can't come see you at a show, but they... Well, if, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But if Adam Ferrara gets bombed out of his mind, you might even... You <laughs> get some bonus material. Yeah, you might see me headline that bitch, yeah. too. <laughs> um, if people, like, can't see you at a show, or they want to know your dates, or they just want to hear your jokes, uh, Twitter, Facebook, what's the best? Uh, BradScottComedy.com should have links to all of that. Yeah. Uh, and then Comedian Brad Scott on Facebook. Is that where you post most of your jokes? Is it Facebook or Twitter? Uh, I don't post a whole lot of jokes. Uh, there's a... Oh, no, actually, I know exactly where. RooftopComedy.com. If you search my name on there, they have some videos... Uh, of oh, okay, so just, just watch your stand-up there. Yeah, okay. and then uh, I post all the dates and stuff on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. It's funny you say you don't post jokes to social media, because every time I see you on Facebook, it always makes me laugh. Oh, well, thank you. this is how bad but the I career's going. <laughs> <laughs> he has to work a casino on Thanksgiving. 
But I guess that's just for friends, then. You don't really Well, encourage... like, videos. I don't post videos of Yeah, jokes. but I mean, like, Brent posts funny status. Well, Brent's... Like every... Fuck Brent. He's so damn good at social media. Like, he <laughs> really is. He really is good at social media. I'll end up saying some shit about you know, conservatives or something and, and letting my opinion out and I turn off people and uh, so I, I could be a does, little... Does Brent have opinions that he just no. keeps secret? Or well, like, yeah, okay. dark, dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> say, he never seems to express, like, uh, an opinion that could set some people up. I wonder, does he have them and he keeps them secret? Oh, he's disturbed. Or is he just the most neutral man? He, uh, he dresses as Chitara. <laughs> <laughs> he's a furry. When no one's looking. Uh, anything else? Um, so I think that's all I do. Jack, anything else? No. At flannel underscore cakes on Twitter, flannelcakespodcast at gmail.com. Bad experiences with Cheerios this week, right? We're not going to get any email. I mean, I know we don't always get email, <laughs> yeah. but I guarantee no one's This had week a- will be no yeah. different. <laughs> all right. Brad, say bye. Bye.